Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Two Takes podcast with April and Shannon, where we talk about various topics from two points of view. Today is interviews. I will say April and I have conducted many interviews together, um, and I think we both enjoy actually that part of it. I know I certainly do. (laughs) And this will come no surprise if you have watched any of our podcasts that interviewing And our perceptions during that are very different, actually. So I will kick this off with um, my take on the interview process. Um, Number one, I think it is super important to have more than one person in the interview process, at least parts of it, depending on how you organize your interviewing. Um, Because I believe that people pick up on different things. People resonate with other people differently as well. So um, I think it's important just to have that. I also think that the interview process um, being very organized is important. Um, So we have a set of questions that we um, ask and we score them um, so we can have clarity and then we have a notes column. And those questions are based off of some of their skills and experience, but the majority of our questions are getting to the root of how the person thinks, how do they um, tackle um, unknown circumstances, can they critically think, how do they pivot with a setback, how do they view teamwork, all of those things that make them successful or if they aren't good at it, makes it painful um, when they're in your employ. So asking good questions that are open-ended questions, what that looks like is give me an example of a time where you were on a team and the project didn't go as planned. Tell me what you did. Number one, I want to see how they thought through it. I want to see, did they pivot? Did they blame someone else? Did they take any ownership or accountability? Um, Were they soured by it? What was the experience? Think about what you're hearing back. And you can only do that if you, number one, have very good intention about the questions that you're asking and the purpose behind them. Um, And I also believe that An interview process also needs to identify skill sets, but oftentimes that is already on their resume and their experience. Um, But are they going to be a good culture fit? Can they communicate? Do they have good eye contact? What are they going to be doing? I was in a, a meeting and it was about interviewing and, um, bringing someone on board with this particular client. And part of, I said, let me see the job description, which I suggested to revise it um, a little bit as well, because I think you need to have some of that culture fit criteria in that. And usually they tend to be very based on skills only. Um, But in there, one of it was answering phones and customer service. I said, is part of your interview process on the phone? Nope. Wow. Why? We need to see, are they good on the phone? That is a skill set right now that is vastly (laughs) underestimated because we live in a text type world um, that sometimes the phone skills are things that we have to train. 
or seek out. So if that is an expectation, then put that as part of your interview. The next question that I got back in this situation is, well, how many interviews do you do? I said, enough to know. We try, right? So I've had, um, my husband had like a five or six part interview process. I have not gone through that. Um, I personally think, I don't know if all of it was necessary, not for me to judge because I wasn't a part of the process, but he did get the job. Um, He didn't know if he wanted it at the time, but it was a good move. It was just funny. But I do think it's okay to have a multi-part process because if you think about wanting longer term employees and you feel bound to one interview that might be 45 minutes, what can you really derive? Have you caught that person on two different days or a good day or a bad day? Um, What does that look like? I've also been a part of interview processes, like with my husband being in sales, is part of that interview process was me because one of those opportunities was moving. So they brought us down and said, you know, hey, Shannon, the wife, like, how do you feel about this? How would you support this? Because he's going to have different how travel arrangements or whatever it may be is if you have to involve that spouse or partner or um, think about that as part of your questionings on your interview process. Um, I think it's also very interesting to be able to, especially in some of the executive spaces, is have them in a social setting as well as a boardroom interview. Because oftentimes those positions involve being able to be in a social setting with your clients. Well, test that out, test it out and have part of your interview process be you instilling the company story, the importance. It's not always one way. I want to be able to tell them about the company. I want to learn also about them. It has to be a two-part communication. Um, And the last thing I will say before I kick this over to April is my favorite part of the interview is, do you have any questions for me? If the answer is no, then the answer for me is no. Because they should have questions. If they really are highly engaged and want to know about the company that they're going to work for, they're going to have some questions. And I want to see what those questions are. Typically, it's going to be, what does a day in the life look like at your company? That's usually the first question. That's fine. Um, But I want to see that they have the ability, they came to interview um, and ask questions as well, because then that shows me a little level of their engagement. Um, Fun fact was one of the most interesting (laughs) questions I know April's knowing what I'm going to say was, if you were a bike, what part would you be? I'd never been asked that before or since. Um, ironically, April and I had very two takes on the topic. So it was kind of funny. So think what about your answer. Do you remember what your, I remember what my answer was. I it, think my answer was the handlebars because I, I steer the company. I think. Got it. Got it. Got it. My answer, we, we did not hire this person mainly because he started arguing with me over this. My answer was that I would be the grease, the grease that's on the um, the chain. And he literally started pushing back about 
Greece isn't a part. Yeah, well, we learned in that, right? We learned about- Like, dude, if you're going to push back in an interview on a question that has no bearing on anyone's life whatsoever, and you're going to push back to the person who's going to be your direct superior, but I, I'm not doing that every day. I have two kids at home that do that. Like, I, I don't need an employee who does that also. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Anyway, I, was, I was thinking about that exact same thing, too. That's the same guy who then asked us, if you could be a hamburger, what part of the hamburger would you be? Oh, yeah. Do you remember that? Yes, but I don't remember what my answer was. I think at that point, I was just so baffled that we had two of those in succession, to be honest. I think your answer was the bun. Maybe. Keep it all, it all together. I think. Keep it all together. That was your answer. I don't, I don't think I had an answer. I think I was so, I think I was so distraught at that point in time. I was like, I, I don't know. I'm suddenly vegan. I, I don't have an answer. Be the veggie burger <laughs> for no reason whatsoever. Exactly. exactly. Oh, well, April, you kick it off about your take on good interviews. Okay. So um, I will say, I, I think there's a lot that you can derive from the pre-interview process. So there's a lot that you can derive from somebody's resume and be it younger, older, less experienced, more experienced, um, there's a lot you can derive from that. Maybe, you know, the length of time they were at a company or large gaps that they had in their employment or things like that. Things that in some way, shape or form, maybe need to be addressed at some point just to figure out what was going on. Not that they're bad things necessarily. Um, there's lots of legitimate reasons for those, but going into the interview process with some of that in mind is helpful. Doing a phone interview first, that's typically what we do. We do a quick 10 minute phone interview. If we're to the point at the phone, if we're to the point in the phone interview, which we're on the second question and Shannon and I both have our heads down on the desk, <laughs> then that's probably a no-go for any future and part of that phone interview is I need you to call us at this number at this time, at this time, because I want them to be in a space of concentration and take it serious that they, it's not like, oh, Shannon's going to call on a Tuesday afternoon. You know, right. I right. want to see that you can do that and follow that direction. Yes. And I do remember we had one where we actually called the person and they didn't answer. This wasn't a plea we wound up hiring, by the way. They didn't answer. And we sat there a little bit stumped. Like they seemed really interested. They seemed really engaged with the email communication. What in the world is going on? The person called us back within a couple of minutes. Do you remember this, Shannon? Vaguely. Okay. So there was some sort of something happened outside of the coffee house that this person was in to take the call. Something happened outside. There was an accident. There was some type of medical thing. And I remember seeing it in the paper. So I know it was legitimate. And this person went out to see if they could help and they missed 
they missed the time that we were calling them. And they called back, were super apologetic. We had a great phone interview. We wound up having a great in-person interview. We hired her. Um, she was a wonderful part of the team for quite a while. Yeah. Before she wound up moving on. So um, now me, who is very much a first impressions only type of person, I had to set that aside. She had a she had a perfectly valid reason for missing our call. So I'm I was cool with that. We have had multiple other people who have just forgotten the call or oh, I forgot to write it down, or whatever the case may be. That insights that doesn't fly with me or Shannon. Mm-hmm. Like if you can't show up for a 10-minute phone call, how am I going to expect you? to show up either in person or remotely to do your job every day. Like, let's get some perspective here. Um, Some of the things Shannon talked about in terms of having a wide variety of questions that you ask to see not only what people's experiences, but how they would handle different situations. Keep in mind the age of the person that you are talking to as you're interviewing them. If you have someone who is coming straight out of college that maybe doesn't have a ton of real world experience, then we've had many people that we've interviewed where we've asked them that question. Tell me about a time where you've been part of a team and things didn't go the way they were supposed to go. How did you work your way out of that? And they just sat with this terrified look on their face and you could tell the thoughts going through their head were I I I I just graduated school I've never I've never encountered this I don't know so um that's something I am very very cognizant of I think just because I have age kids in that age range but I will typically jump in or Shannon will jump in and say you can apply this to school mm-hmm. or even, a, you know, something in college, something in high school. It doesn't have to be job experience. So helping people out in that way, because um, they may come up with a great, great, great answer that's just not job related. But or just that they can even see the learning in the experience, no matter where it comes from. Right. I'm saying, is there a gap in employment? Like we look at maybe moms that had to stay home or chose to stay home and or traveled or whatever it may be. I just um, talked to a lady recently like this and I'm telling you, she was dialed in to what her organizational skills needed to be because her husband worked literally 80 hours a week for the government. Um, so she could parallel that. That's all I cared is how did you adapt to this? Or how did you organize that? How did you schedule this? Or whatever it may be. But um, those, we need to be understanding that those those skills are built in lots of ways. Right, exactly. And the other thing that I would add in terms of good interviews is to keep an open mind about the person that you're interviewing. They kind of like what Shannon just touched on, they may have non-traditional experience. They may have eclectic experience. If it's somebody who's coming straight out of college, 
their job that they've had for the last three, four, five years, whatever the case may be, until they got their degree, their job was school. So that's the environment they're coming from. Um, but keep in mind that, now I will back up just a little bit. There are some positions that you're hiring for, like if you're hiring a nurse, I, I wanna make sure that they went to nursing school and if they pass nursing school and they pass their boards, same with the doctor. Same with an attorney. Like, I'm not just going to hire somebody off the street that I don't know and be like, you know what? You seem like you're really good at arguing. Could you come <laughs> to court? Like, that's not going to work, probably. Um, in a Hallmark movie, maybe, but not, not in real life. But keep in mind that just because someone doesn't have the check all the boxes of do they have this experience? Do they have this experience? Do they have this experience? You might be able to recognize that experience in something else that they've done that doesn't fit the mold exactly, if that makes sense. Right. And if 80% fits the bill, train for the 20%. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And if something that I've said doesn't make sense, shoot us a message and I'm happy to have a... <laughs> glorious email conversation with you about it. Cause I, these are things I love to talk about. So. Absolutely. So one of the things that I will make available to you today for watching today's podcast, I use this quite a bit. It's based off of a book. So I cannot claim the intellectual property and I do give credit at the bottom of the page, but I went through um, the list of I put 715. Those are my favorites. So as huge book of interview questions based off of category, like, do you need to get to the root of integrity, critical thinking, leadership, whatever it may be? Um, there are lots of categories. Um, I picked my favorites to share with you based off of this material. I would make that available to you if you want to reach out to us via email or a comment. Um, let me know that you would like to have that interview guide. And I would highly recommend that you look at what it is you need to get out of that interview. What would be the most interesting, conducive information about that person that's outside their skill set that would make them successful in this building for you. So, um, and then get the questions wrapped around that because those are the harder things to hone in on. And something Shannon touched on earlier, which I wanted to reiterate because it's important. If at all possible, have more than one person in on the interview. Um, if you haven't been able to figure it out thus far, Shannon and I are super good friends, but we are vastly different in a lot of ways. We read people in vastly different ways. She and I can come out of an interview and I'll, she'll be like, I think they are lovely. And I'll be like, I think they seem like a serial killer or I think they, <laughs> I think they lied during every single question. Um, we do have sheets where we, we write our answers down and we score people. I tend to score people extremely harshly and lots of times my comments just find their way to the shred bin and not into the actual interview file because I, I'm not, I'm not going to lie, I'm not as professional in my personal comments that I write down, especially if I'm starting to be really annoyed in an in interview. But <laughs> Shannon has little tells. She'll start flicking the edge of her paper and she like, this is killing me. So I always... 
Yeah, that's essential. Yes. yes. So I'll always kind of try and watch that. I remember we had one in, in-person interview. We're so going off the rails right now, but we had one in-person interview that was going so badly. We had five pages of questions. And I mean, it was like six questions per page, right? Because we had to have room to write our answers and our score and everything. By the end of the first page, Shannon is, she'll have her paper down on the desk. She is literally aggressively, aggressively (laughs) flicking the edge of the paper. And it was my turn to start asking interview questions. I literally just flipped to the back page, asked the last three questions. I, I saw it on Shannon's face. She was like, why did we skip these other pages? And, but she didn't say anything to her credit. She just went with it. And I mean, we were typically our in-person interviews last 90 minutes, maybe two hours, depending on if we are chatty or whatever. We were six questions in and we were over an hour. This person (laughs) didn't stop talking. And we both walked out of that interview exhausted. But when the person left, Shannon said, you skipped some pages. And I said, I know. It's because because I wasn't sure I was going to live through the next three hours of my life if we kept having to rehash all the same answers. So- (laughs) Anyhow, having multiple people in an interview just to get different perspectives, different outlooks, different takes on things. Um, If you could have whoever the manager of that person will be in on at least part of the interview, that's always a good thing too, because if you're going to have people that don't mesh, it's better to know before you hire them. So yeah, don't be afraid to put some testing out there, you know? Um, so if we have a creative writing position open, we'll say, okay, here's the topic. Here's some bullet points, write us a paragraph. You know, we, we want to see what that's like. We've had graphic designers that say, okay, we're going to email you something at 10. If you could email it back to us at 11, um, on this day, we want to see what your quick little take is. You know, you're going to see how quick they are, how creative they are with the information, those sorts of things. Think about your industry and how you can kind of test some of that out. Um, How bad do they want the job? I know we want workers really bad, but we also want workers that want to work for us too. They're willing to do those things and earn their place in the company. Create that want. That's sales 101. Create the want, create the need. Um, So don't shell short sell yourself on that. Um, But that is the wrap on um, good interviewing. Um, We could talk about it probably in a few more podcasts because we love it so much. Um, But we certainly would be helpful to you if you want to revamp your interview process. Um, April and I can come in and help with that. Certainly um, be glad to do that. And along with your onboarding, um, being intentional and um, get to the root of who you need and the skills that they'll bring to your team. So let us know if we can help in that fashion. Other than that, make it a good week and we will see you next week on the Two Takes podcast. Bye.